Welcome to Bring on the Mess, a show where we have real conversations about how to embrace life's messiness and how we find ways to show up and uncover our true self. I'm Beth Ann Dorman, the CEO at For All Seasons. And I'm Lisa Lee, the Chief Clinical Officer at For All Seasons. Well, here it is. <laughs> Springtime <laughs> is here. Springtime is here. Although, it's only 38 degrees when I got in my car this morning, so that feels not so much like springtime. No, and I will tell you, so here's the biggest things for my kids when spring comes, particularly my youngest. That means the bees and the hornets are coming. <laughs> and there's a little bit of fear around that, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. No, no, but here's the thing. Springtime brings sports. Yes. And as a baseball mom, I can tell you that springtime is kind of tricky when it comes to sports because you have a couple of weeks, as we have had, where you're sitting in a baseball field, but you really feel like you should be watching football because it is so, so cold. <laughs> My youngest just had a soccer game last night, and we were all huddled with our big parkas and yeah, blankets because it's, it's just so chilly, for sure. I feel like I need to build myself a yurt and just take it with me. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very chilly, but it is the start of spring sports season, for sure. And that is, for our family, and I'm sure for many of you listening, that's like such a fun time because you get to see your kids loving what they do and there's such a benefit to sports for kids adults and adolescents one of the things in my household and this is part because i grew up with sports but i have said oh yeah wait anything. hang on so i always do this when lisa mentions this so lisa didn't just grow up with sports lisa's a former division one softball player for the university of michigan so when she says she grew up with sports you now have a lens on what that means for lisa thank you for bragging <laughs> you're welcome I, mean, I appreciate that <laughs> so sports were a big part of my life whether it was softball or other sports and one of the things that i've said to my kids is I don't care what sport you pick, but you've got to play a team sport. And I've also said, if you don't want to do a sport, there's clubs or other things that you can participate in. Because for me, I was an athlete growing up, so I have more context around sports. It's such a great way to build a community mm -hmm. and also build skills. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that kids learn in sports and it can be small things like the discipline of knowing when you have to be at practice mm -hmm. up to how to be somebody who is disappointed and keeps going in the middle of something right that's a huge skill it is, is a huge skill working through disappointment when maybe i didn't perform or my team didn't perform the way that we wanted to and how do we whether individually or as a group manage when that happens. Well, and especially when we think about it from the lens that when we think about sports in our world, we hear about all of the amazing athletes and you hear Michael Phelps, all of the races that he was able to win through the Olympics. And you think about Simone Biles and you look at these people who are revered in this amazing way. And so when your kids grow up in such a an environment where we're looking at these amazing athletes who are at the top like one percent right there's this reach even when i talk to my kids i'll say what do you want to be when you grow up and my boys well, i want to play in the mlb okay fantastic and as a mom there's a part of me that wants to totally encourage that and then there's the part of me that's like that's a, such a small percentage what's the backup plan right um, right but i think what it it sometimes tends to do is it creates this huge amount of pressure because mm -hmm. they see these professional athletes and they see the way that people have sort of moved through the ranks, but you don't see 
the blood, sweat, and tears that got them there. Right. And I think about how they, the amount of training that they had to do growing up. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned some really important folks who've been out in the community saying, so some top athletes saying, hey, my sport's really important, but I've got to pull back or I've got to let people know that I'm struggling because mm-hmm. my mental health is not mm-hmm. where it needs to be. And so the pressure of sports, the training that goes into it. And it's funny, I think about gymnastics in particular because I have a girlfriend whose daughters are in it. And I was like, holy cow, they practice a lot. <laughs> and, you know, and I think my boys practice a lot, but yeah. like they, from an early age, were doing hours and hours mm-hmm. of practice. And her daughter was injured. And it's interesting. Uh, and I don't know if every sport's different because, of course, I didn't play every sport, but how the purpose was get back in Mm -hmm. even though she was really scared Mm -hmm. because she was really injured and so I talked to my girlfriend about it and she said yeah it's super scary because you can really get hurt in particularly gymnastics I mean lots of sports you can get hurt in what that did to her daughter's mental state Mm -hmm. the pressure to get back in the pressure to try the trick again the the pressure she put on herself and the words Mm -hmm. that she was using and one of the things that we talked about is it's not just I could tell myself it's going to be okay because she kept doing that, but there was something in her body that was like, right. something's really not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about, I can't think of her last name right now, but Carrie was her first name and she was the gymnast who was on Bella Caroli's team and she had really injured herself and she had to do one more vault. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And the idea that her belief was she had to do one more to win the gold medal for the team at the expense of her body. Right. And I think about my son's teammate who very freak accident broke his kneecap and he's been in a brace for like the last two and a half months. And he just started playing baseball again and he's not walking or running normal and he's really favoring and the physical therapist happens to be the coach and he said it's all in his mind he's good there's nothing wrong with him he's good to go but our mind has an interesting way of protecting those pieces of our body and holding us back when we're not sure so there's that uncertainty that injury creates right and and trying to figure out how to work through that I will tell you one of the most important things that I found through my athletic career and what I see with my kids is having the right coach Mm -hmm. to be able to work them through some of these problems, as well as parenting or guardianship or aunts, uncles, friends, to be able to help through. But the coaches, to be able to say and recognize it's his mind and, you know, he really is okay. Mm -hmm. And how do you balance the patience with the push? Right, right. Well, and I think that is like that coaching mechanism. We talk about what it is like to be a young athlete and the pressure that it puts on you. And there's also societal norms. And we had Don McPherson come and speak with us a few years back. And he's a former professional football player and a Hall of Famer from Syracuse. And his book is called You Throw Like a Girl. And his whole premise of his career is built on why do we assume that we have to say things like, you're a wimp, get back out on the field, Mm -hmm. or stop running like a girl, and pushing and pushing and pushing, especially for the male culture. But I think the same thing happens on on female teams. There's sort of this expectation of push through, push through, push through. And as 
I say that out loud to myself, I think about our workplaces and how sometimes that becomes the mentality too. We live in a culture where it's like, suck it up, buttercup, and just keep going. Right. And we have to figure out how to balance that. Because there is, I will say, there is something to, and as a mother, I have to be really cautious of this because there is something to being able to push through Mm -hmm. when things get hard. That is a skill I think is important to learn. And you have to balance that with, this is too much. And sometimes we need another. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we call each other out on, hey, are you pushing too much? And maybe you need to pull back. So I do think that pushing through is an important skill Mm -hmm. and balancing that with, when do I need to take a break? Yeah, I think back to conversations that you and I have had. I'm a mom of two kids and one who we ended up pulling off of a baseball team because the environment was so incredibly toxic for him at 10 years old that it was just the decision that we need to remove him from the team and he, and my youngest took a break for a year from baseball he now has found an incredible team and an incredible coach in an environment where he's pushed but he's also challenged equally and not in in a demeaning way but when you think about kids who don't have parents who can say it's okay for you to quit i mean that was like a big deal that was like a 6 month conversation after it took place of did we make the right decision or did we not? And ultimately, I think we did. But we don't always take that step back to realize that there is a really delicate balance of how do we factor in that mental health conversation, but how much space do we give to coaches to treat our children differently than we would treat our children just because they're the coach. And so finding that healthy balance and giving that role model example for your child that no, it's not okay for someone to treat you negatively, I think is really important. Yes, I have found that that's a really important factor in that I look for for my kids now. And it's interesting, tangent for a second. When I was in college, I was obviously 19 and a little bit sassy pants at that time. And I look back because I have so much more knowledge and am so appreciative of my experience, not just with the playing softball, but the whole experience of team and camaraderie and structure. And I had to figure out how to balance sports and school. And so I had a really amazing opportunity. And so now that Maryland is in the Big Ten, I get to go watch the team play. And it's really fun to watch even what I believe the coach there who's now retiring or has retired how she changed the team, the girls like holding hands Mm -hmm. and really being together. And there was someone who made an error on the field and said, my bad, took responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a great opportunity to teach leadership skills and how to talk to each other as teammates, Mm -hmm. because just as we wouldn't want a, a coach to talk negatively or down to our players, We also want to figure out how can athletes talk and be positive and supportive to one another. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's so important, especially when we look at a culture where we can encourage and we can build up. There's like such a responsibility that each team member has to their teammates, and it can really make or break a child's experience if they're on a team where there's hyper critical comments versus 
a coach or teammates who are saying, you can do this, like mm-hmm. you can do it. And there is such a skill to be learned because I think that not only happens on the field, but you also take it elsewhere. If somebody doesn't do well on a test in school or somebody's struggling in another activity that they do, if there's this mentality of let's lift people up instead of tear people down, that can be really an amazing life skill that we can teach our kids really early on. Right. And how to handle and I guess discern constructive feedback. So Mm -hmm. the other day, my oldest son is now playing on a soccer team and so he switched sports and now is trying soccer and this is new for him and I happened to be sitting down. He came in during a break and one of the other kids came in and said, you need to be a little bit more aggressive. He said it totally appropriately. It was mm-hmm. really constructive feedback. And I said, how was that for you? How'd that land? He's like, he's right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a difference between saying, hey, you need to be more aggressive versus tearing someone down. Right. And so what a great skill to be able to teach because we is, you know, whether parents, guardians, grandparents, whomever, coaches, we need to teach our kids how to talk to each other because they're not going to be perfect at it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, th- this is something yeah. they need to learn. I they mean, have to practice it, just like baseball or soccer. <laughs> right. You have to practice the skill yeah. of giving constructive, hard, or whatever feedback to teammates and doing it in a way that somebody can take it in. And then, if it's not, learning the skill of you know, how to manage when the not constructive feedback or something that doesn't feel good comes in. And I also believe in all of that, you are teaching how to be a team that looks at strengths, like Mm. on a soccer field or on a baseball field or basketball, whatever sport you want to put in there, not everybody's going to be good at every single aspect. And so it's a great way to be able to recognize the strengths of the team and pull from them mm-hmm. versus looking at what somebody doesn't bring to the field or doesn't bring to the court. You are able to say, yep, that, that person's really good at X and helping kids recognize the good pieces. And if that you know, other teammate that came over to your son and said, hey, you need to be more motivated, he might be a great person who's going to keep going for that team leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I say that to my my youngest son is on a brand new baseball team and I'm, we're watching some of the the kids on the team just fall apart if they don't do well. And that's not ever been my son's response. He gets frustrated, but he's not a fall apart kind of kid. And so I said to him after his, his tournament last weekend, you are going to play a really important role on this team because you're new and you are going to be able to help lead this team by showing them that it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay not to do well, and it doesn't mean that you've got to throw your bat, throw your helmet, cry on the field. There's other ways to be handling disappointment, and I think that becomes super important. And why I believe that's so important is is you're going to take that into life as you get older. Right. Because as you were describing that, I'm thinking of, you know, our clinical team. There are people on our team that have a wealth of knowledge in areas that I don't know that I wish or that I would definitely have to build some skills around. But the point is, is that we all have a role to play. Mm -hmm. And if we can recognize that there's areas of strength in everybody and honor those strengths Mm -hmm. and then also know, hey, maybe I need to build this here or maybe I'm going to rely on this person there. So that's really important, as well as the other thing that you said, which is learning, again, how to manage the frustration Mm -hmm. of when I'm not doing well. So the story I'm telling myself if I strike out or if I miss a goal or I don't land on the balance beam the right way is what about myself? Right, right. And sort of that self-talk and making sure that there's a, 
I mean, here's the thing. We're all going to be disappointed in life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to happen. But being able to figure out how to work our way through it. And sometimes it's needing five minutes. Sometimes it's just pushing through to the next play. There, My son's former coach used to, when kids would make a mistake, he would yell goldfish. And I would listen to him say this. And I finally, after about the third game, I said, Mick, what is goldfish? And he said, oh, it's what I tell the kids every time they make a mistake because goldfish don't have any long-term memory. Mm-hmm. And so when the kids would make a mistake, he would just say, goldfish, next play. Because his mm-hmm. idea was that, fine, you made a mistake, but don't get stuck where you are. Let's move on to the next play. Be a goldfish. Lose your long-term memory and just keep playing and get back in the game. And I love the whole concept of it because sometimes we do get stuck. Mm-hmm. And if you're stuck in the mistake that you made and the next play comes and you're so worried about the mistake, then you're going to miss the next play. Well, that, that's actually, that's really It's great. a little thing that I... And I don't know if goldfish have short-term memory, but I trust that they do. Right. I always wonder how people know those things. Right. But the kids believe that. They and totally that was do. Was important. They and the totally lesson, do. And the lesson was there, which yeah. was, you've got to move on from this, and it's okay, because there was no shame attached to that. No, none at all. He was always really good about just saying, okay, next play. That's the thing. And I always think of kids and athletes, and when we look at the kids that play on teams, too, of how sometimes you were talking earlier about your friend's daughter who was injured in gymnastics. And I think about my friend's daughter who was a division one field hockey player and got injured. And I think some of the things that we have to do as parents, when we think about sports and athletics and lessons too, is make sure that our kids understand that life doesn't revolve around the sport that they play Mm -hmm. and, and that there is a balance to all that we do. And that's where connection and with team members and doing things outside of the team sport together and or finding additional hobbies and you talk about your oldest now doing soccer instead of baseball and I think we do have a responsibility as parents and as community members too to make sure that our children understand that there is life beyond the field or life beyond the court because when that's taken away through injury or for whatever reason sometimes we see kids lose their identity because it's all attached to a sport. I think it's a really good point. I'll tell you one of the most challenging things, and here's the thing, I knew I wasn't going to go on and play after college, but my last year I actually had an injury that took me out for the majority of the season, and it does rock your world Mm -hmm. where you think, what's my role now? Mm -hmm. Uh, And being able to be, I don't have, I use your word nimble, being Mm -hmm. able to to be nimble Mm -hmm. and figuring out how am I part of this team? And I'll tell you, my coach did a really lovely job of, at that time, keeping me involved in the team. I think we could all say these kind of like, I wish I knew what I know now about leadership. so much. (laughs) Um, And so here's, here's something to say, boy, if we could really teach these leadership skills in kids at an early age, not only will they prepare them for like ongoing athletics, but truly, like I said, will prepare them for life in general, Mm -hmm. being in the workforce, showing up on time. (laughs) My youngest son's neighbor was so cute yesterday. He was helping him get organized with like his little backpack of soccer (laughs) stuff. And so it's really a nice way to help with life skills. Yeah, absolutely. You say about organizing the backpack, you know, I think about my kids at the age of 11 and 13 and 
there was a time where I would pack all their sports equipment, mm-hmm. and now the message is you better have your stuff in the car, and if you don't have it, we're not turning around. And so there's this level of responsibility of like an internal inventory that they have to do before we leave for practice. Right. And God forbid that you don't have your cleats because you'll have to run in your sneakers, and won't you feel silly? Right. But right. there is that those life skills that I think are so important for our kids. And so important so that they can go from sport to sport. If you're a team member and you're a teammate, no matter what field you're on, no matter what court you're on, you still show up the same. Right. And I know we're talking a lot about athletics. And so obviously I'm not playing softball anymore. I I did try like maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I thought that my body at this age was able to do what my body at that age. And that was a huge mistake. And then I came out with a little bit of an injury, which is really important because just because I'm not playing athletics doesn't mean that I'm not still an athlete. And so if you never were a kid, if you're an adult now and maybe you played sports or you didn't play sports, exercising, finding group activities that you could do as an adult is just as important because we know not only are there benefits because you're connected with people, you learn skills like how to overcome frustration, how to manage your your mood, how to give feedback, mm-hmm. but it also helps with good for you feelings in your body. Absolutely. And it also keeps us focused on what do we need to have those good feelings in our body? So mm-hmm. when you're talking about the exercise and all that comes with it, it's also about the nutrition piece and are you getting enough rest and some of these skills that continue to be in the forefront that make us holistically whole. Mm-hmm. And I think the mental health component of it is endorphins are released when we're doing anything that requires activity for our body. And so remembering that that's also a really important part of it. It's not just the love of the sport, but your body responds to that love as well. Mm -hmm. I have this person that I work with and I love the way that they do things because I work out and I love it. That's a way to take care of myself. But there are days that I don't feel super motivated to do that. And so I don't want to say simple skills, but a skill that you can use or a strategy you could use is I'll just put my workout gear on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to exercise. You did last week. You said. <laughs> I did. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my yoga pants because I'm sure I'm going to try to go for a run later. <laughs> right. And then it's maybe I'll just go to the gym and I don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. And so it's just finding ways, again, getting yourself to whatever exercise it is. Again, it could be a slow pitch softball league. It could be flag football. I see lots of people playing flag football out. What's it now? Like ultimate Frisbee is played all the time. Right. Right. And so there's great things as adults that we can do that maybe to continue that sport or, or continue that exercise or try something new. I tried golf. I am a self-professed horrible golfer, Mm -hmm. but there is this camaraderie and connection. And Mm -hmm. I, for a long time, wouldn't play because I know I'm horrible and I was totally ashamed to even step on the course. And now it's sort of like the joke between my friends that I will be your worst golfer. I will help your handicap as much as I can. (laughs) And But the connection and camaraderie that we have whether it's helping to raise money through some of these golf tournaments or if it's just going out and hitting balls with my kids love to go to the driving range. Mm So just going out and just watching them go to the driving range, it does create this synergy and connection that's so important. Absolutely. 
Well, we hope that if you have been listening for now we're on episode 29 look at that so welcome spring welcome sports we're sure many of you are doing the same thing that we are doing which is sitting at the field on the weekends so hang in there the season has just begun but we are so grateful that you've joined us and we will be with you in another couple weeks